Hello, everyone. Welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. This message is for Sunday, March the 5th, 2023. And we welcome you and hope that you can always join us here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page for all of our messages, as well as additional content. And we also welcome you to visit our website at akronalliance.org to follow us as far as our podcasts and whatever information you'd like to find out about our church and how we've just proclaimed God's word. We appreciate you being here today. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given to us to now sit quietly before you and hear you speak to us. And Lord, we thank you for the message that is provided here that will allow us to do just that, to be able to hear you speak to us with your voice. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for how much you love us. We could not begin to repay you for how much you love us, but all that you ask of us is just to heed your word and be obedient to you, and that is how we can love you. And we thank you for that reminder in Scripture. Help us, O Lord, to continue to Focus on you, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what the uh, turmoil is that's taking place all around us, Lord, may we always focus on you and what you have to say to us. We just want to give you the thanks and give you the praise for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The company that I work for uh, spent the time and money during the pandemic to remodel our corporate offices. It has been a blessing to be able to go from a workplace that was at one time a dark and largely uninviting place to one that is now bright and welcoming. With our present hybrid work schedule, it is great to have the blend of working in, arguably the best work environment that I've ever experienced, along with being able to have meetings on Microsoft Teams from home while washing a load of clothes. My company has placed a great deal of emphasis on wellness. Wellness covers a number of categories, in being, including being financially healthy and physically healthy. But for me, my personal focus has been emotional wellness. One of the great additions following the remodeling of my company's corporate office was the addition of a meditation room. A meditation room. Uh, this room allows for one or two people to go and spend some time doing quiet reflection. And it can be a great way to shut out noise and distractions. It is a quiet room with adjustable lighting. It has a curved chair and what I would call a very firm couch. It is not designed for people to go in and take a nap. It is to sit upright and allow, in my specific case, listening to a meditation of a Bible verse, and spending time in prayer. You can reserve the room for a period of time and spend this quiet time as you see fit. Meditation on God's Word is something that should be a regular practice for every believer every single day to shut out the noise of the world. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Psalm 1, Let's take a look at verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. 
And this verse should be relatively familiar for uh, those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. Verse 1, Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Not only this, but know that your time with God in meditation has a positive impact on your relationship with him. Flip over to Psalm 104, and let's look at verse 34. Psalm 104, 34. Psalm 104, verse 34. Now, this will be from the English Standard Version. Verse 34, Psalm 104. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. God absolutely loves when you spend quiet time with him. He loves it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Going to the meditation room is not a public display. You're literally going to a room, closing the door, and you're praying in secret to your Father. He wants you to spend time with him in order to get more and more acquainted with him in your prayer life. He wants you to become more and more sensitive to hearing his voice. Hearing his voice. It is very important to be able to discern and listen to God's voice. His voice is in his word. And his word is reinforced by the enlightening presence of of the Holy Spirit. There are a number of questions that you may have about hearing God's voice. For example, how do I know if I can hear God? How will I recognize his voice? How can I determine if it is God's voice and not someone or something else? Well, let's explore the answers to these questions with the support of Scripture. How do you know if you can hear God and recognize his voice? You're going to know because God enables those who believe in him to hear him. And we hear him through the recognition of his written word, which means you need to read your Bible every day. Amen? Go to John chapter 10 and let's look at verse 27. John 10 27. Book of John, chapter 10, verse 27. And this will also be from the English Standard Version. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See that? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And if you look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, 
This is the New Living Translation, Romans 10, 17. And there's a key word in this passage that is the element of what we're talking about here. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Amen. Faith in Jesus is the result of believing that he is the Lord of your life. You will hear his voice as you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. It starts with the faith that you had when you decided you wanted to follow Jesus. And it just continues to grow from there and from there. It's part of that sanctification process that we've referred to in the past. Here's the other question involved. How do you know if it's God's voice and not someone or something else? Well, you're going to hear Jesus as you continue to remain faithful to Jesus. He has given us, he's given each of us the Holy Spirit. He is the communicator of truth and also the filter for any potential distractions. Please go to John 14, John chapter 14, and let's look at verses 15 through 17. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. And God is so good that he makes this communication with us very clear to eliminate any misunderstandings. John 14, verses 15 through 17. Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you it's very clear the holy spirit gives us the ability to hear what god wants to say to us and the other thing to recognize too is that he's a filter right he's the one who helps to make things very clear to you as far as who's speaking and who isn't. Verse uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. This is the NLT version. Romans 8, verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. It's an either-or proposition. You either have the Spirit living within you because you believe in Jesus Christ, or you don't. And that means you don't believe. And it is those who have the Spirit who have the ability to discern what voice they're hearing. It comes right down to hearing Jesus through the power of God's Word. It provides instruction, direction, and if necessary, correction. Hey, we all need this correction every now and then. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Let's go to that real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. This is one of those memory verses that we should try to 
uh, work on uh, as we have time and execute those and just keep repeating it over and over again so that we hang on to it. Verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's going to give us what we need, and it is also going to help to teach us, uh, to train us, and even correct us when we need it. So now that we've made it clear that God speaks, and indeed he does, we need to explore this further with questions about how we are to respond to his voice. Respond to his voice. As we listen to his voice, it is helpful to note that Jesus always speaks truth and provides knowledge and godly wisdom. His voice provides guidance in a situation or direction pertaining to a course of action. His voice provides guidance. Uh, Go to Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. And this is God speaking to us here. English Standard Version, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I love that. He's letting us know right away that he's going to give you counsel and he's going to be watching and he's going to show you the way to success if you follow his counsel. He's never going to give you bad advice. Let's start with that. He's always speaking in truth. He doesn't want to lead us astray. He doesn't want to give us a bum steer. He doesn't Uh, just do things on a whim. He does those things intentionally to make sure that we indeed are successful as we follow him. Our challenge is to listen to his voice and respond in faithfulness. When we don't, we make the faithful decision to follow our own path or advice. And in many cases, that path is outside of his will. When we do this, we fail God. We fail him because all too often we succumb to the temptations of the flesh, the world we live in, and we put God in a place far removed from first place in our lives. We fail to obey his laws and precepts, and we fall victim to our own selfish desires, pridefulness, jealousy, envy, anger, with sinful behavior. We don't lose our membership in God's family when we do these things, but we systematically remove ourselves from God's fellowship because we settle on the ways of the devil as being more attractive. All of this occurs because we fail to listen to what he has to say to us. This is true in so many different ways with people who are supposed to be believers in Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, this is exactly why the voice that we are to listen to in the form of the Holy Spirit makes a strong and firm declaration. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. 
Hebrews 3, verses 7 and 8. Verse 7, New Living Translation. That is why the Holy Spirit says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. We need to listen to his voice and not just listen, but also trust in his voice. We get ourselves in trouble because of our inconsistency in trusting him and our failure to truly believe in him. We are distracted all too easily by the flesh. Why do we fail to believe in Jesus? Well, here are some stoppers that hold us in our flesh. We show a lack of courage and confidence in today's world. And we need courage today, amen? Courage is the ability to act on what we know is right, what is good, and to dare to do what lies in front of us. Fear paralyzes you, but it is courage that helps us move forward. Let's look at Psalm 27, verse 1. Understand, the Lord knows about these experiences that we go through. He himself, Jesus, lived in the flesh here on earth, but he did so without sin. But he can relate to us. So we need to also recognize that he gives us words of encouragement as we go here. Psalm 27, verse 1, New Living Translation, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? These are great questions, aren't they? Why are we afraid? Why are we trembling? What is there to fear? Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, the ESV Bible uses the words righteous right hand. But I love the word victorious here because it is a reinforcement of how we often say the words God's got this. He holds us up with his hand and strengthens us, sustains us, and holds us up as overcomers. Because we are overcomers. We already have the victory. We need to live as though we have a victory in Jesus. 1 John chapter 5. Let's go to that. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. This is the English Standard Version. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Period. Amen. And that this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? There is no one greater and there is no one better. We are overcomers because we have faith in Jesus Christ. 
The other thing we need to be mindful of when we have struggles in the flesh, we don't listen to his voice because we listen to other voices. Here's a warning to avoid fleshliness and to vote to, and to devote yourself to Jesus. Go to Romans 6, verses 12 through 14. Romans 6, verses 12 through 14. Romans 6, verses 12 through 14. There's always going to be temptation. There's always going to be an opportunity to live in the flesh because that's who we are. We have to overcome that. So look what it says in verse 12, Romans 6, New Living Translation. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead... You live under the freedom of God's grace. Amen. The other thing that we have to pay attention to is pridefulness. Pride creates an adversarial relationship with God. And you're not in any way, shape, or form trying to hear anything he has to say when you live in pridefulness. 1 John Chapter 2, verse 16. Go to 1 John 2, verse 16. 1 John 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. It has nothing to do with the Father, nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with the Spirit. It's all worldly. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. If you love the Lord, you're supposed to hate evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. That should be the lifestyle of every believer. And finally, one that's really important for people who have difficulty controlling it, it's anger. Anger. Anger must be conquered. Go back to Genesis chapter 4, please. Genesis 4, verses 3 through 7. This is going to be really the first example in Scripture that we're going to see about anger. And it is something that God gives a applicable warning and what we are to do with anger when it occurs. Because anger is going to happen, and anger does not necessarily mean that you are going to sin, but you have to conquer it. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. Start at verse 3. 
This is the New Living Translation. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted. Listen to this, please. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. You'll be accepted if you do what's right. Don't get mad. Just do what you need to do to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to conquer anger. You may not like the things that are happening in your life, but it does not mean that you respond uh, with some sort of irrational nature to somehow think you're going to resolve the issue. Too often, too many people do those very things. They'll say things, they'll shoot their mouths off and say things that honestly will get them even more in more trouble. You must subdue it and be its master. Above all, we are to resist the temptations of Satan. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And you've got to be mindful and watchful. Because there's always an opportunity for you to be tempted in some way. Jesus was tempted himself, but he did not succumb to sin. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Now, understand these examples we see in, in Scripture about what happens with Jesus. They're for our benefit. We need to see that you can be successful in overcoming temptation and sin. Because a lot of people say, oh, I'm too weak. I can't. I, I don't think I can resist this. I don't. Sure you can you have to make an effort to do so. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Are you just waiting to be devoured? Or do you have a better plan? Be watchful. And understand something. Uh, God is not going to be mocked. You can make excuses for your behavior, but God cannot be mocked. He sees your, he knows your heart already from the beginning. 1 John 3. Go to 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, verse 8. First John 3, verse 8. This is the English Standard Version. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Thank goodness for Jesus Christ to help us overcome the one who sinned from the beginning. 
So we need are to avoid these failures and heed God's warnings. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 7 said, So God said another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. I like this. The time is today. The emphasis in Hebrews 4, 7 is to not put off listening for tomorrow or another day, which is the response is the flesh that the flesh will always make when it comes to time to make a decision about what to do, where to go, how to go about following the Lord. The importance of doing it today as reference means to do it now. Do it now. Today is the day, not tomorrow, not next week, not when you get older and even more set in your ways than you are now. Do it today. Now, interestingly, this applies to making a timely decision to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. We've said this many times before. Tomorrow might be too late. It's better if you're going to do it, make the decision today. You're not missing out on anything. Do it today. We run away from God when our life is not right. As we become more mature in our faith, there should be a burning desire in our hearts to run towards God to hear his voice. We should be running to God. Proverbs 18.10, Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And remember, you're deemed righteous because of your faith and relationship in Jesus. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What can you do on your own without Jesus? You might have strength for a little while, but eventually you're going to wear out. God has to enable you at times to be able to even accomplish basic things. Sometimes your schedules get so jammed up and you don't quite know what you're going to do. And you turn around and look at how you accomplished everything. It's because you relied upon Jesus. And you say, wow, I certainly could not have done that on my own. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. God ignores no one. He knows each and every one of us, and we cannot and will not escape his judgment. He will tell you everything about yourself, and that will include the things that you don't want to hear. Please go to Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And maybe that's why people sometimes resist going to God, because they don't want to hear something that they already know about themselves. Well, you're not keeping any secrets. He already knows who you are. He created you, for goodness sake. Why wouldn't he know who you are? Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. New Living Translation, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful... Alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, 
between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Probably can't read this verse enough. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Can it be any more clear than that? Hiding from God just is impossible to do. And he knows our hearts. Go back to Psalm 139 and look at verses 1 through 4. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. He knows all about us. And it's really a wonderful and a beautiful thing that he knows about us. He knows about our strengths. He knows about our weaknesses. He knows about all the different things that we have ever wanted to do, our likes, our dislikes. Look at verse 1, Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You know, verses like that should just give you pause. First of all, not because you should be afraid, but you should rejoice that he does indeed know so much about you. And he knows you and loves you. Does he love everything that you do? No, but he loves you. That's the point. God knows where you are. In order to ensure that you hear his voice, be mindful of your thought life. And heed your actions. Turn your heart to him and give it all that you've got. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says that we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah! That he loves us that much to do exactly what I just said. He will forgive us. Be strong and courageous. Be confident in your position with Jesus. Please go to Joshua 1 9. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Joshua 1 9. This is the Lord speaking. He's speaking to Joshua, but he's speaking to all of us right here. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen to his command. Listen to what he's saying here. Hey, everybody. Listen to his voice. Father, we thank you for your teaching and for your encouragement. Lord, we want to hear you more and more. And we want to hear you as often as necessary to help us, Lord, to give us guidance and help us to make the right choices and decisions in life. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit 
to be the one that gives us discernment to make these choices, to guide us to a place where we truly are your servants. We are in service for you. And we want to do so knowing that your heart is to also bring others to you. We thank you for that teaching. And we thank you for your presence, your ongoing presence. You have told us over and over again in your word, you never leave us, you'll never forsake us. And Lord, we just thank you for that. And we just want to give you the praise and give you the thanks. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me for today's message. We hope that you got something out of the voice, hearing his voice. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. We'll see you next time.